Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God. Amen. Uh, We were, as I said earlier, talking about as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. And I heard those words as we left church here one night. It was after the uh, last prayer and fasting service that we had driving down the highway home. And those words just reverberated within me and resonated within me. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. As you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. As you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Then I kind of thought, what am I speaking in his ears? What is he hearing me say? Because as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. And if you play this out and you study it out like we have been, you start finding out that the life that we live today is based on the words we spoke yesterday. And if we don't understand that principle and concept, then it's going to be a, you know, hard for us to overcome. Because it's important for us to know that uh, God gave us some examples in the Word of God to show us as we speak, so He does. So really our destiny is, you could almost say, within our words. But anyhow, look at the, our, our foundational text in Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. And here we have this stated clearly. Now say unto them, he is speaking to Moses and Aaron, tell, tell the people, as truly as I live, saith the Lord. Just listen to that. As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Now the Apostle Paul uh, tells us that what happened to the Israelites in the wilderness is an example for us so that we can benefit from their mistakes and also from the good things that they did but he said this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 look at what he said here now all these things happened to them for examples or in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come in other words what's he saying here look this was recorded by the Holy Spirit in the Holy Writ for us so that we can benefit from it to be an example for us to look at to observe to study to watch the mistakes that they made and make sure we don't make the same mistakes that they made also in the book of hebrews we see the hebrews writer which i believe is paul but that doesn't really matter it's in the new testament once again refers back to this old testament experience of them not gaining entrance into the promised land and look look what he says here let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us and entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it so what he is saying is this they didn't get in because of unbelief and unbelief can keep us out for we which have believed do enter into his rest as he said as i've sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished brought to their predestined end from the foundation of the world So we see Paul highlighting this in Corinthians. We see this writer highlighting it here in Hebrews. And they both point back to this particular incident as to why they were kept out of the promised land. Now there's a ditch on both sides of the road when it comes to any Bible subject. We have to understand that. You can get off in this area of extremism or you can become so uh, um, on this uh, and so conservative that you don't even point out the truth. And we don't want to be in any one of those ditches. So when we're talking about, as you've spoken in my ear, so will I do to you, we're not talking about this name it, claim it, grab it, blab it, grab it, and all that stuff. You know, we're talking about a principle here. 
And you will notice that when it came to these Israelites, when they came into the promise, as actually as they came out of Egypt, what happened was this. They began to murmur and complain and murmur and complain and murmur and complain and murmur and complain. They come out of Egypt. What's the matter with them? We don't have any food to eat. He gives them manna from heaven. They complain. There's no water to drink. He gives them water. There's no meat for us to eat. He gives them quail. They're cold. They give a fire by night. They're, they're, they're hot. You know, imagine they're just people like we are. Too hot, too cold, right? So a cloud by day, air conditioning. A fire by night, heat, a furnace. He provides everything for them. So over and over and over and over and over and over again, complain, 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 spewing out, we can't do it, we can't do it, never going to have happen. How can God come out here in the wilderness and provide a meal for us in this wilderness? We know why he brought us out. He brought us out here to die. We're just going to die. We're going to die here in the wilderness. We're just going to die in the wilderness every single day. So it's not like they said it one time and all of a sudden they were judged and you know, they, they, were, they failed to enter in. Listen carefully. It's because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they said they couldn't. 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 We're like grasshoppers and so on and so forth. And they kept on saying it and saying it and saying it and complaining and complaining and complaining. And then finally they begin to attack God's integrity. His love, his care, his concern for them. And as he, they're now attacking him, he still brings them to the place of the promised land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. I'll send an angel before you. The angel will get you in and will defeat all the ites that are in the land. And you'll get in and you'll live this wonderful life. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you, disease away from the midst of you. I'll fulfill the number of your days. And he goes on and on and on and on. Talks about this beautiful place. There's no more manna. There's no need for manna. You've got grapes that are so big it takes two men to carry it on a, on a pole. Clusters of grapes so big. Well, they get there. And when they get there, and they see an obstacle, some walls and some giants in the land. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Finally, he has, God is fed up to here. And he says, as you have now spoken in my ears, it's in your heart. I'll never change your heart because out of the buns of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're speaking it because your heart is not right toward me. You're accusing me of bringing you out to die. I could have left you in there to die. You're saying, I don't care. I care so much about you. I brought you out to deliver you. When a time came that you need to do something, take responsibility for your own life. I've already told you I'll supply the angels and they'll get you into the promised land. And what do I hear you say? We're like grasshoppers in their sight. These, ain't, these, these here giants are bigger than we are. We're just tiny little grasshoppers. And when Joshua and Caleb said, they're bread for us, we can do it. God is bigger than the giants. God is greater than the walls of Jericho. You picked up stones to stone them. So he says, I see what's in your heart. And listen, 40 years, 40 years, they delayed the work of God. From 20 and up, they were held responsible for their words. And they all died in the wilderness. And then under Joshua, a new generation, a new breed was raised up. And he taught them to teach those people faith. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth the right things. Keep this book of the law in your mouth. Don't ever let it depart. Meditate in it day and night that you may do it. And then you'll make your way prosperous. And then you'll have good success. 
And he taught them and he trained them. Your enemy is defeated. You've got a covenant with God. Remember how you got out of Egypt. He brought you out. It's a brand new day. You don't need money anymore because there's a promised land that's there before you. You're not alone. You've got an angel to go on before you to help you to get you into the promised land. I've already given you land. It belongs to you in Christ. It's all yours to enjoy. Just do what I told you to do. Even if it sounds illogical, just do it. And it sounds illogical when you're battling cancer just to speak the word. Speak the word. Remember the testimony that uh, Brother Hayes talked about, how the woman that was at the point of death and so uh, emaciated, just not, nothing but skin and bones sent home to die, and the doctors told her, you're going to die, and that's all there is to it. There's nothing more medical science can do for you. Nothing. No one. And he looked at her in right the eyeballs and just said, lady, I'm telling you something. If you'll do it, you'll live. If you don't, you'll die. So it's up to you. It's your responsibility. Thank God for other people that can pray for you. But I'll tell you what, as you heard here today, you've got to fight. You got, it's your fight. You've got to fight. Someone can equip us and tell us what the fight with, but it's your fight, so start fighting it. And here's what he said. You curse that thing in Jesus' name. And you say to cancer, you speak to your mountain. You tell that mountain of cancer, you cannot and will not take my life. Take responsibility. Use your authority and speak to it and say to it, you cannot and you will not. You cannot and you will not. You cannot and you will not take my life. I'm telling you right now, you cannot kill me. You will not kill me. And within a few months, she was completely healed of cancer. Completely healed and completely made whole of cancer. Testifying before a congregation just like this, that I'm completely, totally set free, healed, delivered from cancer. It cannot live, and I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So you see, this is why the Lord spoke to me when I said, when I told you he spoke this and said, it will save lives. This message will save human lives. If they will but embrace it, take responsibility for it, and, and, and walk in the light of it. You're not punching with fist. You are with words. The word of God is voice activated. The sword of the spirit is voice activated. The good fight of faith is a fight with words. What did Jesus say to the devil? It is written. It is written. It is written. How did he fight the enemy? It is written. How are we going to fight the enemy? It is written. And that's exactly what she did and many others have done. And to be honest with you, that's how Andrew Guru left pulmonary artery. My son would have died if it were not for the saint. What you're hearing here today, he would have died. Very clear. We could bring him in your arms, let him die here in, in, in this room, or we could take him in the surgery, let him die there. Take your pick. Go ahead, doctors. Do what you have to do. We believe. We believe. I'll tell you what, two, two words like that are so powerful in the kingdom of God. We believe. We believe. We believe. And when you've got something to base your belief on, when God gives you a word and you can take that word and you can declare that word and say, this is what he spoke to my heart, I guarantee you he will back up that word with all of heaven. He's the guarantee of the new and everlasting covenant. Jesus stands behind it. He's number one, our high priest. He's our advocate, number two. He is our, our intercessor, our mediator between our, our, us and God, number three. Number four, he is our, our, inter our intercessor. He intercedes for us. But then number five, he's the guarantee of the surety of the covenant. He stands behind the word. He'll make the word good. So guess what? When you and I proclaim the word from the heart and the mouth, all of heaven stands behind it and just says, we're obligated to bring that word to pass. It has to come to pass. So real quickly, I just wrote these out real quickly. Just look at these uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Just to show us this is what it's all about. And again, it's not because of one time, but it's because of something that you put in your heart, you put in your mouth, and you know it's true. We have in the same spirit of faith. It's called fight the good fight of faith. It's the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. Now, if, if Josh was going to train you in boxing, you know, he wouldn't just be telling you to fight with words. He's going to train you and enable you to do it the way you need to do it. Okay? But here he says, this is the fight of faith. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, 
and therefore what? Speak. Faith is all about the heart and the mouth of an individual. What do we put in our heart and put in our mouth? And I'm telling you what, it's, this takes training. This takes discipline. It takes a lot of hard effort and work. You're not going to change the way you believe and the way you speak in a moment. Because you and I have been trained all of our lives to, to what? To live by our five physical senses that don't, don't tell us always the truth. Maybe natural truth, but not spiritual truth. And we've got to exalt that truth above natural truth. Look at the next verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith. You could say it this way. We walk by believing in the heart and saying with the mouth, not by sight. Not by seeing walls around the city. Not by seeing giants bigger than we are. Trust me, if I had to go by looking at people that are bigger than I am, I'd have lost a long time ago. Okay? But I'm not going down just because I'm short. I have to, I have to admit there was a little bit of a blow when Andrew passed me up. A little bit. Just a little bit. They said he'll be 4'8". No, no more than 4'8". Well, he just passed me up. He just passed me up. But Just passed me up. What, what can I say? We walk by faith, not by what? In other words, our focus and attention must be more on what we believe, not on what we see. We can see the obstacle. We can see the checkbook. We can see the sickness. We can see the doctor's report. But we rise up above what we see and say there's something beyond what I see. Thank God there's something in the spiritual realm that transcends what I see. And the doctor's report said he can't live. But I say he will live and he will not die. He'll declare the works of the Lord. Why? Because we believe Praise God that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Look at the next verse in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Faith looks at the unseen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. And here's why. Because the things which are seen are what? Temporal, but the things that are not seen? Eternal, those two words. What is temporal is subject to change. What is eternal is not subject to change. The word of God will never change. Jesus said it abides forever. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will abide forever. What I said from my mouth is sure as eternity is. The integrity of God will stand sure forever. So what God said will always be true. So when we start believing in the heart and saying with the mouth what God says about us, we will rise up above, praise God, the mountain, the situation, and overcome. But we've got to do this. We've got to look at the things that are not seen. What do I see that's not seen? I see Jesus who is not seen to my physical eye. But I believe in him with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And whom having not seen I still love. And I rejoice. Because I know he's alive. Praise God. I know angels are out there surrounding us right now. There's more to be with us than to be with them. When they were at, the, at Dothan. Remember and they were surrounded by the Syrian army. And what happened? Uh, the, the prophet said, or the servant of the prophet said to the prophet, hey, what's going to happen? We're going to die. All these people around us. And he said, no, there's more that be with us than be with them. And he said, what are you talking about? There's only two of us and there's 150,000 of them. He said, Lord, open up his eyes so he can see. He opened up his eyes and what did he see? Chariots of fire, angelic host beings around all the army of the enemy. It's time to look at things that are not seen and exalt them above things that are seen. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. Because your angel's sitting right next to you right now, whether you don't know it or not. He is sitting right there. Your angel's sitting right by your side, waiting for you to say something because they hearken to the voice of God's word. And when you speak the word of God, they go and do your bidding. Can you say amen? Praise God for that. The Lord allowed me to see my angel one time, but I thank God that I did. But I'll tell you what, I didn't have to see him to know that he was there. Because I know he's there. When you and I speak the word of God, they 
do our bidding. They will do exactly what we say. Why? Because they hearken to the voice of God's word. Okay, so look at things that are not seen. And then the next one, look at James chapter 3. And this is for those that might be having a difficulty with um, the direction of their lives. The direction that their life is going in right now. Notice here, James, the brother of our Lord. Here's what he said. And I'm sure Jesus taught him this. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a what? So perfection or maturity involves what? Not offending in what? In word. You know, we think we can offend people with words, but I'll tell you what, we can offend heaven with words. We can offend angels with words. We're told, don't you speak a word before the angel who'll be angry at your voice. Remember the angel got angry with Zechariah because he didn't believe the word and he was struck dumb so he wouldn't say anything to stop the work of God from being fulfilled. Okay, this is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, though they be so great, are, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the, the, the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of nature. It's set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." He's talking about the importance and power of this small thing in the first two illustrations. He said just a bit in the horse's mouth. He said the rudder, the helm uh, on a ship. Small little things, but well, I'll tell you what, powerful, important. Why? Because it sets the course or the direction of the ship or of the horse. You want to go to the right? Make it go to the right. You use the bit that's in the mouth. And what's he trying to illustrate to us? He's illustrating to us this. If we want change in our lives, we've got to do something with our tongue. If we want to change the direction that we're going in, we've got to do something by speaking right things. And when you and I begin to speak right things, and stop saying, I can understand what God wants me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking all that doubt, negativity, unbelief, like they did at the zenith of their unbelief when they stood there before the promised land, they said, we cannot do it. That's exactly what they got. God is saying this. Start saying, my steps are ordered of the Lord. He directs me. He guides me by his spirit. His eye is upon me, and he will make clear the way before me he will speak behind my ear and say this is the way walk ye in it find out the scriptures that tell you and tell me about direction guidance that comes from the lord you trust the lord with all your heart lean not your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path my god directs my path my god direct you say but i don't know which way i'm supposed to go my god directs my path my god directs my path why am i saying that because he will then make that a reality and guess what he'll give you one step at a time we're not mature enough to take all the steps at one time. He doesn't put the whole puzzle together at one moment. We couldn't handle it. But he gives you one step at a time. And when we, you and I are obedient to take that one step, he'll give you the next step. You take that step, he'll give you the next step. When I went off to Ramah, when I left home here in Youngstown, I went off to Ramah Bible Training Center. I had no idea what my next step was going to be. But I wasn't even concerned about it because I was in the step where he wanted me to be. I was there studying, doing what he wanted me to do. And then the moment when the time came for me to leave the school, he said, now go back home to Youngstown. And I did that. So it's one step at a time, one step at a time, but say it, speak it. Also, he said it's a, it's a fire, a world of iniquity, a fire. The tongue can set a blaze. It's a small thing, yes, but it's also a small beginning of things. One little match, one little spark can do what? Cause acres and acres and acres of trees to be burned. One little thing created a big, big thing. And so this tongue might be a little thing, but I'll tell you what, it can just create a whole lot of problems in people's lives. And that's what James is talking about. As you've spoken in my ears, that's what I'm going to do to you. 
Okay, look at the next one. Proverbs 16, 24. Powerful, powerful statement from the Word of God. Here it says, pleasant words. There was a honeycomb. Our words affect our soul, our mind, and also our health. Sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Sweet to the soul. So words, pleasant words. And I can't think of more pleasant words than God's holy word. How about about you? They're sweet to the soul and health to the bones. So his words are sweet to my soul, my mental state, my mental condition. I've done the same thing when you're talking about brain, when you're talking about these people that they're giving up hope and there's no hope that they can see. They can't foresee anything beyond them. Why? Because of all the situations, the heartache, the pain, the suffering and all that that they're going through. But someone comes along and just says, hey, wait a minute. God loves you. God cares about you. God has a plan for your life. It may seem like as though these giants are so big. That you can't overcome it. But I want you to know something right now. That the God who loves you and cares about you. Has got a plan for your life. And he, he'll make a way for you where there is no way. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. What it seems to be or appears to be. I want you to know that God cares for you. And he will uphold you with his right hand. So fear not. For the Lord is with you. And be not dismayed. Because he is your God. And he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will uphold you. He's your shepherd. And you shall not want. He will be the one to see that you lie down in green pastures. He'll bring peace into your soul. And if you keep your mind on him. He'll, he'll keep you in perfect peace. If you fix your mind upon what he said. Look at Jesus said my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives that I give I to you. But I'm giving you my peace, praise God. And my peace that's in you, it comes from me, not from the world, not from circumstances, not from experiences. And if you'll walk in my peace, if you'll walk in my joy, you will rise up above whatever it is that you're facing. Your mountain will have to surrender and submit to you because of the peace that I put in you, because of the joy I put in you, because the faith that's in your heart, because you believe me and trust me, I can bring down the walls of Jericho. I can bring down the walls of your enemy. I can bring down the opposition. And I will lift you up and I will raise you up. And no situation is too hard for me. If it's too hard, it's because we're looking at it in our own strength and ability. But when we start comparing it to God's ability, then praise God Almighty. When God, by the angel Gabriel, said to Mary, you're going to have a child without knowing a man, that's crazy. Biology 101, crazy. Impossible. No way. But what did she say? Mary said, be done to me, not according to biology 101. Be it unto me, according to your word. Your word transcends all other things. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what biology says. It doesn't matter what anyone else or anything says. Your word is exalted. And I exalted in my life above everything else. Now that's a 15-year-old little girl. The, the, the priest, Zacharias. As we said earlier, Zacharias, same angel comes, appears to him and just says, your wife is going to have a baby and she's old. I know that and she's beyond years and all that. And, and, but she's going to have a baby. His name's going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be great. He's going to lead people. He's going to be the forerunner to Christ. And the, and the priest who's been there for how long says, it's impossible, basically. And Gabriel, you talk about getting your angel upset. Stands tall and says, I'm Gabriel. I just came from the throne of God. Who do you think you are? You'll be struck dumb until it comes to pass. And you will see it. Every word will be fulfilled. Luke 145. You'll see it. He came out from the place of worship. People saw him. They asked him, what's your child's name going to be? Mm. Mm. John? 
nobody in your family named John. Why do you think he struck him dumb? Keep quiet. You're messing up the plan of God. Stop talking. Do you see the power of words? Okay. Proverbs 18, 12. Our words can strengthen or weaken relationships. They can. Before destruction of the heart is man haughty. That's supposed to be 1218. I'm so sorry. I don't know if I wrote it wrong or whatever. Can you find quickly? I'll tell you what it says. There is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. 1218. But the tongue of the wise is health. Did you get that? There is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise is health. So notice. Their words can cut, pierce, or the words can bring healing and wholeness. Words we speak in a marital relationship can cut, destroy, before the... 12, 18. There is that speaks like the piercings of the sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So the words that we speak can pierce a relationship, pierce through... even a business relationship, a marriage with children or whatever. The words that we speak are powerful. They can be destructive. They can be creative. That's why you heard Josh say a little bit earlier. He conceded to his wife. And made sure that he... Smart man, I said. Just a smart man. You know, the most wonderful thing that ever happened to him was... Oh, you, honey. <laughs> Other than Jesus, you. See, wasn't that healing? Wasn't that soothing? Wasn't that wonderful? That's how we ought to be. Tell her that's how much you love her every single day. Those words are powerful and impacting. Praise God. But they can destroy or, or help relationship. Look at this next one. This is a beautiful, beautiful section of Scripture. Proverbs 6, 2. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Your words will enslave you. My words will enslave me or liberate me. Powerful. They'll enslave me or liberate me. It's up to me. It's up to us to choose to use the words of God to what? To liberate us. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Look at the next one. Jeremiah 23. All of these are really, I put them out together like this so you can study them. So I can study, we can at another time study them. Look at this. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream. But let the one who has my word, look at, speak it faithfully. Joshua was told, don't let the word depart out of your mouth. Notice this. If you have my words, speak it how? Faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? He is saying, look, my word is so powerful, it's like a fire. A fire that will penetrate the heart of a man and purge his soul. It will get him to the place that he recognizes there is a hellfire to shun and a heaven to gain. It will bring conviction upon his heart, conviction upon his mind. It will burn. It will just enter into the soul of a man and just begin to get him on the right path. But also, it's like a hammer. A hammer can use in a positive way and it d- drives a nail home and it's constructive. It, it will do a lot of construction. Construction work is done with a lot of nails, but it will drive the point home. In other words, positive things can be done with the use of the word as a hammer. But but then also, let's not forget this. It can also be used to do what? Break up the pieces of a rock. You've got a mountain that stands in your way. You pick up the hammer of the word of God and you begin to beat that thing and speak that thing and beat that thing and beat. You speak to that mountain, speak to that mountain, speak to that mountain. I'm telling you, beat it like a hammer. Beat it like a hammer. You beat the thing into pieces. 
See, we thought we would just one little magically way, just say a scripture, say a verse, and all of a sudden the devil's just going to give up and just say, whoo, uh, it don't work that way. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, mountain, go. Mountain, you can't stay. Mountain, you can't stay. Breaking up. Mountain, you can't stay. You can't stay. You can't stay. Pain out. Rheumatoid arthritis out. Pains that get going. You can't stay. You can't stay. You, I'm, tell, I'm speaking the word to you by day and by night. By day and by night. With a hammer. With a hammer. I'm hammering away. I'm not driving a nail home now. I'm breaking up the obstacle. I'm breaking up the opposition. I'm breaking up the problem, the situation. And I'm speaking the word and speaking the word and speaking the word and speaking the word. And then one day, kaboom gone you got victory it's, it's like a hammer praise god that'll break into pieces the obstacle that stands before us and then uh, also jeremiah 1 12 you have to love this verse of scripture he says i watch over my word to perform it in other words i stand behind it and i will see to it that i make my word good when you and i are acting upon the word of god there's nothing more i believe beneficial to us than to know that god says i watch over my word if you're speaking it i will make it good if you're declaring it i will make it good if you're decreeing it i will make it good if it's in your heart coming out of your mouth i will make it good on your behalf so don't give up don't relent don't faint don't lose heart don't throw in the towel josh don't throw in the towel i'm trust me i watched the fight i'm just glad i wasn't there the guy that he was fighting i'm telling you <laughs> tremendous fight that he fought very tactful fight that he fought to win the championship but you can see that the scriptures use boxing wrestling running racing all kind of analogies in the bible with regard to sporting events fight the good fight of faith paul says i'm not one that beats the air i'm not just shadow boxing he said i want the prize you want the prize he got the prize praise god amen all right so let's uh, close it with this one psalm 141 this should be our prayer in this verse, Psalm 141, he said, put a watch over my lips. In other words, watch the word to come out of my mouth. Help me, Lord, to see it to it that I put a governor on my lips, on my mouth. Why? Because I know how important they are now. So put a watch over my lips and keep watch at the door of my mouth so I speak right things. So we should ask the Father on a daily basis. Father, I want to thank you today for your presence and power in my life. I'm asking you to help me that when I speak something wrong, may there be a strong unction of my spirit that helps me realize what I did, that I spoke out wrong against you, against your will for my life, so that I can change it. So I can speak right things. Amen? And then these other scriptures, Ephesians chapter 4, talking about, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good that I find that a Mr. Grace to the hear and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God with the words that I speak. We can grieve His Spirit or we can activate the power of the holy spirit by the words that we speak and then next colossians let your word be seasoned with salt with grace and salt so he's talking about salt preserves we want to preserve our lives by speaking things that are salted with the word of the living god and then finally in philemon 1 verse 6 i love this verse of scripture it says the communication of our faith may become effectual how by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in us in christ jesus listen to this as I acknowledge every good thing in me in Christ, it becomes effectual. How does my faith become effectual? When I acknowledge every good thing that is in me in Christ Jesus. Notice, in me in Christ Jesus. In me in Christ Jesus is every good thing. He gave each and every one of us 
all things that pertain to life and godliness. And when you and I recognize it and we begin to declare it, we proclaim it, we, st- we speak it, we say it, it'll change our lives, the direction of our lives. In other words, I am born again. In other words, say it, I'm born again. I'm washed in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I acknowledge I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I've been made more than a conqueror to him that loves me. I'm a world overcomer by my faith. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. My God blesses my coming in, my going out in the city, in the field, in the basket, in the store. I thank God that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I thank God I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I thank God and just keep on saying what the word of God says about you. You're acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And your faith becomes effectual. And we're not talking about it. Well, I try this once a week. Let's No, let's start like we should. I do it every Christmas and every Easter. Let that sink in. It'll sink into your ears in a little bit. Every Christmas and every Easter, I go to church and I say what the Word says. What about in between all that? But I go once a week. Okay, what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about taking to heart the Word of God and make it a daily practice. I'm talking about every single day saying, I'm awake again. Devil, you should be frightened. Some of you didn't get that. You shouldn't wake up and be saying, the devil's been after me all morning long. You should be waking up and just saying, devil, I'm awake. You better run. You better run. I know who I am. I know what I have. You better fly. You better get out. You better run. Ah, praise God. I've got victory over you. I know you've been defeated. I've been removed from your kingdom. Jesus is my Lord, not you. Jesus will tell me what to do. He'll tell me where to go. I believe him and the Holy Ghost is all over me. Hallelujah. So by the finger of God, I cast you out. Get out of here. Get out of my life. Get out of my body. Get out of my fantasies, my marriage, my family. Get out of my kids. I better stop because I don't have any stop in me this morning. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart 
I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, and I'll accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.